Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. Hello, it's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name is Sammy James. And I'm joined in the Liberty Bounds in Tower Hill by Jack Collins. Hello, listeners. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I mean, I've been better in terms of Fulham, but I'm glad that we're going to an awards ceremony because that'll be fun. Well, yeah. Uh, so that's why we are recording in a pub. It's a very short podcast tonight, and we do apologise for that. But yeah. We just don't want to talk about Brentford, if I'm being perfectly honest. I mean, it's a perfect day to only do a short podcast, really. Um, but yeah, Fulhamish is nominated for Club Podcast of the Year at the Football Supporters Association Awards tonight. We've been nominated twice before uh, and never come up trumps, so maybe it could be third time, time lucky for Fulhamish tonight. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, we're here having a, a swift pint, a bit of a recovery pint after the disaster that was Saturday. We're going to look back at Brentford and everything that went wrong and it was a 1-0 defeat that might as well have been six by the way we played yeah um, Jack let's uh, do some three word reviews absolutely let's start with Adam Bright out of ideas Fulhamato not to be I really like this from Dave Kettlehake stinging anaphylactic shock <laughs> which I thought was excellent Matt Wall Boris then bees has basically summed up my week Ollie Beals goodbye Mr. Parker and bad minded with the best maybe of them all Darby Day disaster and, and frankly, Jack, it was an absolute yeah. disaster. Yeah, really From minute one, we were outplayed by Brentford. They were the better team. And there's been some bitter comments, us included, after Saturday. And I think we all just hate to see that Brentford are a, more well, uh, a better thought-out team, um, are a better club right now. Let's be, let's be perfectly blunt more cohesive as a football team they were tactically sound their front three clicks their midfield dominates the ball their fullbacks know what they're doing it's all the things that Fulham just aren't basically and we were comprehensively outplayed by a better unit and to be perfectly honest Jack Kelly's three-word review was decent result honestly and he's right considering the way the game went 1-0 was a genuine flattering result for Fulham. It should have been 5 or 6. Yeah, it really should have. It, it was absolutely shocking. It was a, it was a decent atmosphere at the at the start of the game and Niskan Skabano came into the side. Tom Kearney was backing after well after illness. And I think I was quite happy to see Neeskins be in the team. And he was the brightest spark by, by a long chalk. Yeah, obviously he hit the post in the first half. And actually, you look back, it's a really, really good save mm. uh, from David Reyes. Tip it onto the post. If that goes in, we go 1-0 up. Is it a different game? Perhaps. But, you know, the last time the last time we went to Brentford and Neeskins Cabana put us 1-0 up, the same thing happened. So, look, you know, the, the, the truth is that Marek Rodak and the post were our two best players. Uh, and and that's saying something. The defence were at sixes and sevens. There was no midfield cover. Scott's substitutions were painful at times. Um, I just can't get over the fact that at 1-0 down and being completely overrun in midfield, he went, oh, I'll bring off your Hansen. That'll work. That'll be, that'll be the... You know, Steffi Hansen wasn't having a particularly good game, but he was still one of our better players. I can't remember the last substitution. So much. I can't remember the last substitution that made me so angry. Oh, I've absolutely. I remember when people gave Ranieri pelters for bringing on Christie against Man United in February. That substitution was not even on the scale of bringing off your Hansen, the best player on the pitch by a country mile. The well, only us, person to. Us, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, 
in a blue shirt um, doing anything good for Fulham. Uh, but let, let's come on to some of the defending in the first half because it was comical at times. Uh, and the goal, Alfie Mawson versus Ollie Watkins was a mismatch. Well, it's just it's unbelievable how he's just been sat down by Ollie Watkins. He's, he's bounced off him. He's gone to ground. Watkins is up and around him before Mawson's had any time to recover. You know, you can't be being knocked over by blokes five foot, five foot eleven. Like that's coming from me. Uh, I, I'm not a particularly tall person. If I knocked over a six foot defender, I would be laughing at them as I went round them. Like it just that's just not a thing. And what, whatever Mawson is doing or what he's trying to do at that point it, it is. It's bizarre. It doesn't make any sense. And yet, I think Mawson was the better of our two central defenders on Saturday. Well, yeah, Ream, saying even more. The, the, the sad retirement of Tim Ream is, 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 Looming. is Looming. becoming quite a tragic sight every you know, single week. You could drop both of them right now. And, you know, the, we were always like, oh, who does Hector come in for? <laughs> Either. Either at the moment. I, you know, we're actually at a point where I'm genuinely considering that the best option in January might be Lamarchand and Hector next to each other because... I just can't see it working with Mawson or Ream at the moment because they've both been so poor. Uh, it, looked, it was so simple for Brentford, though. They weren't having to absolutely play liquid football to get round us. I mean, Brentford were impressive on Saturday, don't get me wrong, but it was quite often just a ball over the top into the right-hand channel. And, then, and it seemed to, to catch Joe Bryan out every single time. Look, look I think that so much of this as a problem is caused by the fact that our defensive midfielders are, are MIA at the moment and it's not necessarily their own fault obviously they're injured but without Harrison Reed and Harry Arter we lack any sort of spine in the middle of the pitch look Steph's brilliant he gets up and down he runs around a lot but he's not a holding midfielder and nor is Josh Onoma Josh Onoma got a load more pelters the weekend, and again, I didn't think he was the worst player on the park by, I, I, by any stretch of the imagination. Josh Onoma, <laughs> a couple of times on Saturday, made me look quite stupid because he actually would produce a real genuine moment of quality. I don't know, he'd control it well, he, he'd, tackle a, he'd tackle a player. He was really soft sometimes in the challenge on Saturday, which was infuriating, but actually so many players were 50-50s galore over the pitch were lost. But there was one moment, particularly in the first half, where he did something of some actual half-decent quality. And I was like, oh, see, that's Josh Onoma. That's the quality player we know and love. And then he he literally passes straight out of play to Niskins Cabano. But there was a few of those moments. But I I, I just think that Josh Onoma at the moment isn't the biggest concern we have. And, And for lots of fans, it seems to be. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. It's not the end of the world. I mean, Onoma's not brilliant, but he's also not bad. Um, And ultimately he, he wins the ball a lot and then just sort of loses it again it's yeah. just one of those strange ones where he gets in the way for interceptions loads and then he manages to he manages to then like it bounces off him and goes back to an opposition player I feel a bit sorry for him um, but you know at the end of the day it is what it is you know he's going to be absolutely fine at the end of the day and, and ultimately as he gets more game time I expect to see him continue in the side not necessarily as a starter but as a rotation player as long as Scott Barker's in the role. If you were if you were Thomas Frank, would you be a bit concerned by Brentford's finishing? Oh yeah, I'd be I'd be really angry. Like the fact that they could have made that the worst day of our lives. It, honestly, if that, been, if that had been six nil, there would have been no complaints. That there was a sitter towards the end of the second uh, sorry towards the end of the first half Pontus Janssen hit the post it was quite hard because we were Matthias in the Jensen hit the post they missed two one-on-ones Marek Rodak made about three excellent stops I like, honestly we had could have had no complaints if that was four nil six nil I'd have been angry 
<laughs> but but four nil was a perfectly reasonable scoreline. That's how bad we were at the back. I, I I don't really know where to go from here. But on in the midweek pod after Preston, we said that Parker's tactics are senseless. There are there is no tactic. It yeah, is it's just not, it's not that they're senseless. There's I, just no tactical aptitude whatsoever. And I watched Arsenal yesterday, and there are so many similarities comparatively between ourselves and Arsenal at the moment. Great players on the pitch, no sense, no plan, no no structure to the whole club. Relying on an overscoring forward to carry you through important games. But it's, it's baffling me. We came into this division just thinking that we could buy our way to the top with an inexperienced manager. And I, I think Saturday's the final straw for me. I really do. There was no... You knew you were coming up against a dangerous opposition. And what did you do to try and stifle any of their key players? I mean, the hand is kind of forced by injuries. I, I just, I'm interested to see that. If, if, if Bobby Reid's fit enough to come on for half an hour, surely he's fit enough to start. And without Bobby Reid, there was no link play. There was no, like, anywhere in the middle to get the forwards and, and things into play. It, it didn't make any sort of sense on a tactical level. And, and ultimately, you know, Parker's paying the price from that from the fans right now. And... You know, we heard it at the end of the game. There's a lot of people that want Parker out. And you know what? I cannot blame them right now. No, I can't either. And, and, and I think I was on the fence before. And I, and I said last week that I would wait until after the Leeds game. I've slightly changed my tune on that. And actually, I would act. Who do you bring in is the only question I would. Oh, the only reason I would not sack Parker on the spot is because I don't know who you bring in to improve things right now. Like... Eusebio Di Francesco that is, is, the, is the shout I would make but you know are you going to get him are you going to get Eusebio well Reading were linked to him earlier in the season so it's not an impossibility but I mean the, and I mean the Khans and have his money stock is, his stock is um, is plummeting in Italy so he does probably need to get out of Serie A I mean for me Javi Gracia is yeah. not a terrible shout yeah, is it I just don't think we can play 4-2-2-2 two, 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 which is the only thing that Javi Gracia seems to be able to implement effectively um, it, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't got, mind I mean maybe this is very shout. simplistic, but he's he consistently got the best out of Troy Deeney. Mitrovic is not a completely different player to, to the way that Troy I plays. I think getting the most out of our striker is the issue. You know, Mitrovic is the top scorer in the division. But he also turned Watford into an outfit that were just hard to beat uh, until this season where they somehow became very, very if easy Javi Gracia comes in, that's the end of Tom Kearney. There's no space for a 10 in a Javi Gracia system. I mean... I, I, I just want anyone with a, any idea of experience. Maybe the best thing is just to ride this season out, regroup in the summer, pray that somehow you fluke a promotion, because we might. We might. We yeah, still we, could. We, we, we still could. We, could. we could finish sixth. We could win the playoffs, because any team in the playoffs conceivably be, can win the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, on paper, this is realistic. I just don't think we're very good. Uh, and considering the squad we, we are have, good though. The team is good enough. Oh, no, no, no. And the players are good, but like in terms of like you know, name your performance that has been impressive against a side of any quality. I mean, I think honestly, I think QPR in the second half was not our a, best performance. Not a side of, the of any quality, I'm afraid. Swansea, Swansea. Not a side of any quality. Swansea, all right. <laughs> Swansea, all right. Yeah, all right. The biggest, the, the sides we've beaten have been at most seventh in this division. You can't just lose to everyone below, uh, you know, above seventh. That's not how you get promoted. No, I this squad should be good enough to get promoted automatically, and if not, we should be by far and away the clear favourites in the playoffs. We're nowhere near that level. 
Um, how worried are you about about Leeds on on Saturday? Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, mean, are you even worried fun. anymore? I'm not even worried. It's I'm just, just a bit like, bring on the defeat. It's like, like look, it, it reminds me a little bit of how toxic things got during the Kit Simons era, right at the end. But we were just like really quite bad, um, and. Look, it was toxic at Brentford at the weekend. Let, let, let's make no bones about it. It was really bad. And But this is the thing. like, Can you blame people for being so upset? We were completely and utterly outplayed on the pitch. We were completely and utterly outmaneuvered off it in the managerial box. And no one seems to be stepping up and taking any sort of responsibility. I don't blame people for starting Parker out. I don't blame people for booing the players. The only thing I will say is that at one point in the first half, Alfie Mawson turned around to someone who'd shouted something at him from the crowd. 25 minutes into a game, it's probably not what you need. You know, no, to be like I, leather in the centre backs. But look, people pay their money for it. Who am I to tell them how to behave? No, no, no. I that was the only moment in the game where I felt like mid-match. I don't feel like, and Brentford's one of those grounds, isn't it? You can lit it, it, and and that's part of the magic. You can say something, and the players, the ref, the lino, they can all hear it, and that's part of the beauty of it. But it's also part of the danger is. You know, you can say something from the back of H6 about Alfie Mawson. He doesn't hear it. But if you say something from the, the one front, or t- row front row yeah. at Brentford, he does. And maybe it was just circumstance. But also, it was it's a terrible performance. And I, I just don't really know where to go from here. Maybe this all just gets better on January 1st when Michael Hector arrives. But can one player fix fix the problem no I mean it will, I think the important bit is getting people back from injuries getting people fit again and work it out from there but on the whole uh, you know I think we're going to have to wait this out unless we're going to make a, a dramatic change right now and bring in someone that is going to oversee an entire change of how we're going to start playing a whole tactical overhaul I just think we ride this out, wait for Hector to come in, wait for the injuries to subside and try and kick our way through the playoffs. But at the moment, it's not looking good. All right. Well, we said it was going to be a brief Fulhamish podcast tonight and uh, that's exactly what you've got. Sorry, uh, with uh, circumstances permitting. But also, I don't feel like I've got an awful lot more to say no, right disappointed, now. Disappointed, sad, we, and that's about we it. Kind of, we went to town on it on Thursday when we did the post-Preston and nothing's changed my mind since then to think that Brentford was any different. No, it, in fact, it was worse. And it could get even worse when the teams, you know, obviously Leeds went from 3-0 up to 3 all at Cardiff at the weekend. Always enjoyable to watch Leeds do that. But, like, ultimately, I don't think this is the start of a Leeds collapse. I really don't believe that. And, and I think that Bielsa, even if it, even Bielsa is going to teach Scott Parker an absolute lesson on Saturday. Yeah, well, um, there'll be more of a Leeds preview on the midweek podcast, the Fulhamish Extra uh, that Don will be looking after in midweek. Um, I know that obviously Fulhamish had a bit of a, well, a few pelters this weekend. I had a bit of a, a word on Twitter and I, and I got a bit down by it. I, I just want to say to anyone listening that either sent me a message today, I literally had so many messages um, from people that enjoy the podcast and, you know, we do genuinely really, really appreciate it. It yeah, is so it is kind words and, 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 it's, and it was a bit of a, it was a tricky day, wasn't it? It was a tricky day yesterday. So, so thank you for sending in the messages because um, sometimes it's easy to forget just just how many of you are out there listening to us, and and we're very grateful that we. So the we, pod is, you know, the pod is not represented immediately by every single person that speaks to it. Everyone has their own individual opinions. It's what makes us all up. Yeah. And and an opinion from one person isn't what makes up the view of this podcast. And you know. You know, we can disagree with each other on, on, on air, off air. You know, that's what happens. There are lots of different opinions. If you disagree with someone saying something, 
fair enough me too um yeah. but but ultimately you know it's not a view of all of us it's not a view of that and uh, and for me uh you know i think it's, it's important to and, know, and i just think account. that sometimes i feel like it just feels very fractious at the moment fulham and it's not the club that i necessarily remember and everyone's entitled to their opinion but also one of the big attractions to fulham in the very very first place was how I felt that this fan base was different and I felt that this fan base was, was was better than sometimes what we're seeing, particularly online. I know that everything's toxic at the moment. Politics, football, everything. But it's... We go again. I, some of these messages that I've, I've received today have made me reconsider that. So thank you very much. Um, Jack, we just need to... I, it's hard to even call this a podcast. It's more just like a, a brief chat. A review. Um, but we need to um, name the podcast. So what are you going for? I'm going with Bad Minded, bad minded at JJ Disruptor 2RS Derby Day Disaster. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening today. Um, keep your eyes peeled to see if uh, Fulhamish uh, does win the award tonight. To be honest, we're all just happy to be suited and booted and uh, have a few drinks and, and just be nominated in the first place. It's always just quite a nice honor for us to be nominated. Double nominated. I mean, Jack's nominated for his other podcast as well. You've got another podcast. We Just know. Yeah. Dean's, the, De- Dean's the best part of that anyway. <laughs> Fulham fan and actually a talented broadcaster. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, everything's toxic right now. Football, politics, Sammy James. Um, so, so we'll take it from there. All right. Have a good week. We'll see you in Fulham and Shakespeare in the week. You whites. You whites. <laughs>